Welcome to the Community Revival Podcast, brought to you by 13 Ways. We help communities thrive. If you're here, then you care as much about communities as we do, and you're looking for ways to make your neighborhood better, stronger, and more prepared for the future. Welcome to the Community Revival Podcast by 13 Ways. I'm your host, Doug Griffiths, and joining me is Heather Thompson. Heather, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. She is the co-host. Who am I kidding? And she asks the best questions. (laughs) You all know that if you've ever watched this. Heather uh, works with us sometimes, but she also is the executive director of the School of Retailing at the University of Alberta. So today's session is exactly um, in Heather's area of expertise we are going to be discussing chambers of commerce and that what they do and probably a lot of what they don't do and how they're not effective in a new world and before you get all worked up and think that i'm running down chambers of commerce let's just take a deep breath because chambers of commerce are actually operating on a system that they used in the 80s and the 90s they're still using it today and essentially it means that they hire someone to collect membership dues so that they can continue to expand their membership and put on an event and use the revenue from that event to pay that person to go collect membership dues and put on an event. And around and around and around we go. And once in a while, that chamber representative shows up in the town office and says, we have uh, tax, too many regulations and too much taxes, and you need to cut it back. And there we are. Uh, stuck. It, it's not really about community building and about bringing everyone together. It's it's more divisive. Now, that doesn't mean your chambers of commerce can't be effective uh, and can't uh, adjust to the new reality about building whole communities for economic development. But it does mean that you may want to consider other options if your chamber of commerce is stuck in a rut. And that's what we are talking about today. We have some pretty amazing guests joining us. And we're going to talk about Chambers of Commerce and some of the challenges and some of the opportunities and new models that are possible out there that will help make sure that your community is more effective. So first up, we have uh, Greg, who's joining me. Greg, I'm going to let you introduce yourself so that people can hear your voice and connect it to your name. So why don't you tell them who you are and what you do? Well, good morning. I'm Greg Swatanki. I'm the CAO of the town of Stetler. I've been CAO for the past six years, and I've been with the organization uh, for 16 years. And Prior to that, uh, my history is I was a treasurer, city treasurer in the city of Lloydminster for 10 years and uh, a town manager in the town of Golden for seven. So I've been across a number of provinces and, and um, you know, seen uh, um, chambers in, in uh, various organizations. Excellent. Excellent. And we also were joined uh, by Stacy. Um, and again, Stacy, why don't you introduce yourself so that people can connect your voice to your name? For sure. So my name is Stacey Benjamin, and I'm the executive director of the Stutler Regional Board of Trade and Community Development. Um, So we have three staff members um, that work in our office, um, and I look forward to talking more about what we do. Great. So why don't we start there, uh, Stacey? I'm really curious about how you would describe the difference between a Chamber of Commerce and a board of trade or some other organ, but particularly your board of trade. How would you sum that up? For sure. 
So um, a lot of people, they don't understand what the Board of Trade is, and so they, they get lost when they're trying to find us. But when we say that we're very similar to a Chamber of Commerce, where we still advocate for the business community, um, we're fortunate that the town of Stetler automatically um, uses their business licenses to include every business with the town of Stetler in the Board of Trade. Um, so we were... Oh, I think we lost Stacy. We're having a bit of a connection issue. Um, Greg, let's, uh, let's, you can probably fill in there. Every single business becomes a member of the Board of Trade by default? For sure. I mean, basically any business operating in the, in the town of Stetler that is required to have a business license or pay a business tax is automatically a member because the council of the town of Stetler has determined it, that it would give 100% of all the fees collected for that regulatory purpose back to the Board of Trade to help it operate. And in addition to that, council through property taxation provides three staff members, um, you know, to the facility to make it happen. So nobody has to be running around chasing the money. Um, once a year, uh, you know, the Board of Trade uh, volunteer board with Stacy comes to council at budget time and says, uh, you know, this is the allocation. Very similar. We need a small increase from last year. And basically, that's the one and only time council is involved in it, and otherwise lets them run autonomously well that's interesting we because we see a lot of chambers of commerce that are either either fighting with the town and council because they they have diametrically opposed visions and views of what uh, the community could be or what it means for the business community but we also see business owners with diametrically opposing views about what what the future of the community can be do you do you wind up with more coherence and and um i don't know the business community moving in the same direction with this model? You know, I, I think so. And I know Stacy will will provide some comments as she directly you know, works with that group of, of small business owners that comprises the board. Um, but council, you know, back in 2004, recognized this as being a problem and basically decided that the only way to solve it was to, was to try get 100% uh, automatic uh, representation or membership in and then it was your fault shame on you if you didn't participate because you were already a member and and you didn't have to give any more money um, and uh, that that kind of happened in about 2006 2007 following an election in 2004 where council you know determined that enough of this stuff um, we don't need council pit against business owners and and you know that that proverbial what's going on in many other communities. Council says let's uh, let's give back. Let's give back property tax dollars and let's give back um, you know uh, the business licensing you know to support this organization. And then let's stay out of the kitchen. Let's let them operate. We'll put a couple of councillors on the volunteer board. Um, you know, but by no means controlling it. Um, just basically there to to be a council representation because council does have a lot of property tax dollars involved. However, not to not to do anything but support it and and uh, and see it flourish, uh, not to cause council problems on that board. So you you had um, business owners in the community that that were probably battling, or you know it was it, maybe they weren't even battling. Maybe it was you know. I'm not paying my membership unless you do what I want. And we don't always get what we want. So some people wouldn't pay a membership due. And there wasn't a coherent business community driving forward. 
you know, I, I would I would say that's probably um, you know truthful in in the fact that um, whenever you're chasing money and people have to belong, um, you're always going to have some sense of I'm either satisfied or dissatisfied, you know, happy or not happy, and and that lends to whether I pay my membership or I don't pay my membership. And really, council wanted to take that out of the equation and say, okay. Here's your pot of here's your pot of money. Now um, you know we need you to step up as volunteers and work with the three staff we've given you. Work with the extra dollars we've given you. Create things. Uh, obviously, Stacy mentioned earlier that um, you know the board of trade and community development. So you know what, you guys go develop a community. Right, right. So technically, then this board of trade is a an arm of the municipal government, not a separate organization and entity? I mean, for right now, it, it's been that way since day one. I mean, I think we envision someday where it could even, you know, sever itself a little further. But for right now, it's a it's an actual department of the town of Stettler, not unlike parks and leisure or transportation or planning and development. It's one of those departments. However, it's given a... Uh, it, it marches to a different master than necessarily town council. All the aforementioned departments march to the tune of town council. This one's given the the uh, the autonomy to, to sort of once the budget is approved, you guys you know go deal with all the mix and and you know the pot that's there to create what business wants. And so. A quick question around that. Um, first of all, I think that that model of autonomy is awesome, but I'd be curious to know a little bit about how uh, the expectations uh, align. And I, and I again, I appreciate that you have a high level of trust with the board of trade. Um, but I'd be curious to know if if there are expectations. How do they uh, measure success? You know, I, I think from a council, and I, I'm not an elected official, obviously, um, but I think from a council perspective, a lot of it is like um, committing the resources. It's kind of like R&D in a big company. We don't exactly know, um, you know, the outcome or, or the expectation, but we know they're driving towards something that, that they're trying. It, it's, um, you know, because you won't succeed unless you try. You know, yeah. and, and so they they're very welcoming of ideas from their membership. And uh, I mean, they only have so much money to work with. Uh, they do not come back to council with a handout five times a year. Oh, we need another 20 right. grand for this. Uh, that's not part of the equation. It's work within your existing budget, plan your festivals, your events, your promotions downtown, wherever, plan all those things. And um you know, uh, meet regularly, a couple of councillors attend just to keep, uh, they can come back to regular council and keep regular council in the loop of, you know, how, how fantastic the organization's operating. That's probably the, I, sorry, I'm glad you said that because it's probably the biggest issue that, uh, well, no offense to any of the public listening, but the public um, and the pushback that they give on stuff. For you want an arena, you spend the money, you build an arena, you have an arena. Everything's you know dollar for results. But for economic development, um, it's not necessarily one dollar in gets you two dollars out, or vice versa. There's a 
And there's actually, it takes time to build up that, that, that brand and that reputation and get that movement going on economic development. So did, was there any public pushback about moving from a chamber of commerce where the costs would be solely borne by the chamber of commerce and moving to a, a board of trade or not just public pushback, but maybe pushback from business owners as well? You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't recall that back in, uh, you know, 2006, seven, eight, um, obviously at those times there was a, we were fortunate that, um, our community had some growth, um, and tax increases were, were, uh, you know, fairly reasonable. So therefore, um, we could make everything else work. We could continue to make parks and leisure and transportation and all the other things function and, Council could set a new priority by by allocating some dollars. Um, you know, it's about four percent of our municipal um, you know taxation budget that council allocates, um, not including the the business license revenue, but just the the actual uh, staffing costs that that council puts towards it. And that's not unreasonable when you think about a department of the town of Stadler. Um, you know, you can uh, you can always let the big departments swallow up every growth or every tax increase or every extra dollar, they, they can spend that money. But council has to actually at a certain time say, you know what, some dollars have to go this way. Um, you know, we, we need to, you know, uh, ensure that, that we were we were big enough as a community to have this arm uh, operating. Yeah, I guess you're, you know, that's an interesting perspective. You can look at the raw dollars and how much it is, but 4% of the global budget spent on economic development, which is about growing the pie, which increases the budget is, uh, it's actually quite nominal compared to everything else. Right. And just to be clear, you know, just for the, the finance guys that are listening out there, uh, and gals, um, when I say 4%, I mean, the town of Stettler goes to our entire property tax base for about $6 million. So about 4% of that $6 million finds its way to deficit fund, um, the board of trade. Uh, basically, that's that's what we mean. We don't mean four percent of the gross, you know, sixteen million dollar budget of the entire town. It's really four percent of the taxes we collect. Oh, that's uh, that's a good clarification too. I really appreciate that. I so the the couple of employees that you also supply to the board of trade. Then, if there wasn't a board of trade, you would you would actually have to have them hired internally into the town too. So it's not like it's an extra cost. It's just a cost in a different fund with some autonomy to work on economic development. No, that's, uh, you've got that exactly right. I mean, uh, uh, council basically made the decision back uh, when they started this is, is to provide the resources and then stay out of the kitchen. Um, you know, we're always there like, a, let's say a parent waiting to help should something go off kilter or awry but we're not there to sabotage it so basically stay out of the kitchen while it's functioning let the great you know talented people like stacy and the volunteer business owners um, let them run so going back uh, to when you guys made the transition from being a Chamber of Commerce to the Board of Trade. I'd love to hear a little bit about that transition and was there any pushback what, from the town's perspective, the business community uh, and the existing chamber and, and how that all works because I think uh, anytime we're looking at a change of this magnitude, 
a lot of people would have um, some fears around it. So I'd love to, I'd love for you to walk us through that time and that transition. Well, you know, my recollection uh, of, of back then, I mean, obviously the chamber wasn't the most successful financially. It was, it was struggling, you know, kind of thing. And, and when the town decided it was important to have that type of community development, that type of economic development, uh, that type of tourism uh, related input, the town decided, well, listen, we need to throw some resources. And, and in, in a certain way, we need to give back resources that we're already collecting from these businesses, you know, to allow them to function. So, you know, at the time, uh, and I think, you know, Stacy can correct me if I'm wrong, but we still are a member of the Alberta Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, through the Board of Trade. So it wasn't like the chamber was dismantled. It was just retrofitted into the, you know, the, the executive director of the, of the Chamber of Commerce came across to be the first executive director of the Board of Trade. Um, it was just now they didn't have to chase money. And I mean, at that time, the chamber as a legal entity could have said, no, you know, we don't want your money. We want to keep doing it the way we they didn't. They embraced this and said, you know what, we're going to try this. And to this day, they've been really making it work. Okay, so really quickly, I want to just hang on that point for fun. What would have happened if they said, no, thanks, we want to operate without the town's influence? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I can speculate, but the town, yeah, let's speculate. The, town, the town probably would have created or thrown some of the resources internally into its own sort of self-controlled department, you know, under, under myself or under the then CAO and, and sort of went at it kind of dual trying to complement you know, each other, I could imagine. But realistically, um, you know, I, I think it was well thought out. The the mayor then uh, was working very closely with, he was a business owner himself. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think it was ever in, in sort of doubt that if the town stepped up with these resources, um, you know, the merger would happen. But, okay. And I think that that's a great um, lens to look at this and that, that importance of uh, relationships um, is something to, to land on just because, again, with a lot of conversations we've been having, the, the fear of ruffling feathers is very real. Um, and I think coming at it from a, a lens of solutions focused and I, ideally uh, making sure everyone still has a place and is felt heard. Um, and the other the other point here I wanted to to ask um, be, with being a board um, and not having to chase funds like you said um, and being able to operate uh, from an from a from an area of efficiency um, I'd be curious to know um, and Stacey this is probably more for you uh, when you have to give difficult feedback so um, I know previously um, chambers struggle with this because they don't want to offend their members. Um, and I understand that, that when it comes to, especially right now, there's so much transition and there's, there's so much change happening in, in this business environment that uh, feedback needs to be told and it needs to be heard. So I'd be curious to know, what are your thoughts and how has that been going when you have to give some difficult feedback? I think that's something that we're facing right now. Um, 
too. So like we're looking at opportunities um, to bring in other like consultants pretty much um, to come in and, and tell the businesses themselves. So having that outsider's perspective, um, sometimes when you are constantly with that business all the time, they don't necessarily take it into perspective, I guess, either. Um, so having that outside feedback where it's the visitor coming into the community and they didn't receive the customer service they should, that's when it actually makes sense. Um, so one of the things we're looking at right now is like a secret shoppers program or um, the visitor-friendly program throughout the government of Alberta um, so that there there are other options where it doesn't necessarily have to be us telling the business how to run their business, um, but we're providing them the tools and the information that they can then use. Right. And so in the sense, the most traditional sense, you're really being that advocate for the businesses um, and making sure that they have access to do their best work. Yeah, that's the that's the pushback. I mean, we've talked about this before, Heather, beautification and uh, an attractive and aesthetic and social focused downtown core is so important to the success of businesses. But so often you tell businesses, you know, we need you to plant some flowers. We need you to have some, you know, aesthetics for your windows, wash them, put in live plants, not plastic plants, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you, I mean, it, if they don't do that, then it just takes one or two or three businesses on Main Street to change the mood and the brand and the mindset on the community. And then pretty soon, no one's washing their windows and no one's planting any flowers and no one gives a damn. And then they're like, well, why doesn't the town do something to to improve economic development. Do you, um, I mean, cause these would be daily issues you have to address. Are you, are you guys, because you're a board of trade not worried about the membership, are you bold enough to push back and say, no, you know what? This is up to all of us. This is what you need to do. You know, I think we've been fortunate that this model, you know, takes the politician out of the equation. It's not Thank the politician <laughs> running around the downtown saying you need to do more. It's business owners talking, having coffees with business owners, you know, discussing the successes, where we can go with this, come on on board, selling it, you know, to themselves and 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 basically bringing the excitement of, of fellow businesses. The town in and of itself also has a beautification arm. Um separate to this where we do you know flower baskets in the downtown we do you know the great elite snow removal in the winter and you know all that kind of stuff to try you know keep that downtown core you know very uh, uh vibrant for a small town but we we are bigger than just the downtown we do have you know we do have our uh our our other areas of town where businesses yeah. and big box businesses exist and, and the chamber of commerce or our or the trade has to support those areas, you know, as well. Well, that just brings it back around to to what you said before. So here I am thinking, oh, the the town through the board of trade needs to maybe apply a little open advice and frank conversations. But because every business is a member of the board of trade by default, they support each other and maybe put pressure on each other. But they're giving advice to each other and working together better. You know, and when there are resources and you're choosing not to use those resources, you know, it's sort of shame on you kind of thing. And it really does start with putting some money in the pot. Everything flows around, you know, utilizing dollars and, and you know, counsel, you know, with their vision way back, uh, realized, listen, uh, this is never going to go away unless the property tax base and business licensing actually funds this thing. Yeah. No, that's very insightful. So I'm sorry, go ahead, Heather. 
I, yeah, I, I was just going to hang on that point for a second. I, I can't agree with that statement more about having, um, ac- first of all, having access to the tools is barely part of the equation. It's using those tools. Um, and oftentimes, and I'm sure so many people have heard me rant about this before, but I'll, I'm going to rant about it again, um, about the, <laughs> the shop local. And I think this is a great opportunity, uh, especially with COVID and how many people are, have been focusing on, um, on shop local. But really, it's up to the businesses to make sure that they are providing uh, a reason for the consumers to uh, have use their business. Um, and I think there's so many tools out there that are for free right now. And just to, to name a few, uh, you've got the Digital Main Street platform. They they do a ton of webinars, ton of events. You've got Shopify blogs. You've got um, Business Link here in Alberta. There are so many different tools. Um, and then obviously working within the chamber, and that's probably your your or sorry your your board of trade, or if you have a chamber in your community. Um, that is a great uh, provider of those tools and they can summarize it and be a little bit of that um, that consultant for you. Um, because a lot of the times we're hearing from businesses that are complaining and they're saying, oh, Amazon's putting me out of business. COVID is making things really difficult. And I, I don't want to say that COVID is not a valid reason for things being difficult. It really is. But the point of my little rant here is that uh, there's a lot of free resources out there that were provided from the federal government, provincial government, or from your municipality because of COVID. So I want to make sure that people understand that and know that and that they're able to go um, and and research and see what's out there for them because I don't think we're going to see as many free programs for businesses ever again as we've seen uh, right now and that are really coming down the pipe in the next uh, year as well. Well, how many businesses have we talked to in chambers of commerce and main street enterprises that have said, oh, I can't compete with Amazon, but they never got online so that there was a chance for people to find them. And then COVID struck and they weren't online and people had to go to Amazon because you couldn't walk downtown and walk into the stores anymore. And then how many businesses, and this is just baffling to me, that how the mindset destroys, your own mindset destroys you have said, oh, well, it's too late now. I can't get online. I mean, we're gonna, we're, we all know how important online is and, and people want to be in the communities and walk down Main Street and walk into your store, but they also want to be able to look online. And so it's, it's self-defeating to say, oh, no, it's too late. I can't do it now. It's exactly. Awesome. And I think, and, and circling back to the, this board of trade notion, I think that's what, so when I first was chatting with Stacey and, and learning about the board of trade, uh, I thought, okay, this is making a lot of sense. And, and circling back to that notion of um, that fundraising and so many chambers, they start out, uh, their, uh, their quest for the year is not about providing those tools. It's not about making sure the businesses are doing what they can to maximize profits. Uh, and of course, lots of chambers are, and so I'm not trying to paint a brush, but a lot of times it starts off by how are we going to remain financially viable? And and I, I have a lot of experience in this world and, and it's, it's a tough, it's a tough road. You're not looking at it for how you can create value. You're creating a bit of a, of a roadmap for making sure that you justify your existence. Um, and so making sure that you can kind of remove that variable allows for, um, I think a lot of awesome work to happen and efficiencies for sure, but then some great 
creativity um, and that way we're able to be timely um, and make sure that we're, we're listening to what the communities need. Um, which I guess I, I also, uh, for anyone listening, we, I think we lost Stacey. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to, to Greg for this question. And I wanted to talk to you about, um, or ask you a question about what does success look like to you? Um, when we're, when we're talking about the business community in general for Settler, we'd love to hear it in your own words, especially because you've been, um, through this transition and, and in recent years, how do you know what's working? What do you think success looks like? Well, you know, I, one of the examples that that I want to use, and it touches you know, on on everything you just mentioned regarding buying online and all that stuff. One of the creative ways that this volunteer board over the years they came up with a concept locally. We call them Stetler Bucks, or you know, the, the actual term is Heart of Alberta Dollars. They said, "How do we keep our own money in our community staying in our community?" And so basically they came up with the concept of you can come to the Board of Trade as a business. For instance, the town of Stetler, when it's giving out awards, service awards, you know, $200 for five years service or something, we don't give uh, an actual check. We go to the Board of Trade and we buy $200 worth of Heart of Alberta dollars. And those dollars can only be spent at any business in Stetler. And when that business accepts those dollars as cash they contact the board of trade who brings them the money so it's really unique and and you know if stacy was still on it's it's probably somewhere between 40 and a hundred thousand dollars a year of those bucks that get converted by local business when, whenever you're giving a gift or you're giving something give heart of alberta dollars and therefore that money is going to be spent locally in our community and we all know how money multipliers works how many times one dollar gets reset seven times. There you go. Seven so, times. Ec- an, know, an actual economic principle that shows every dollar spent locally is spent by seven more people after that. That's seven. Did you say forty to a hundred thousand dollars of a part of Alberta bucks spent? Well, I, you know, Stacy's back on, and I mean, every year is a little bit different. But I can imagine, you know, how many part of Alberta dollars the Board of Trade uh, sells you know, every year to, uh, uh, you know, to businesses to give away. Do you have those numbers handy, Stacey? Yeah, each year we sell over 60000 yeah, So, yeah. That's $60,000 guaranteed to be spent locally, not on Amazon or anywhere else outside the community. That's uh you know, without amazing. a doubt. But getting back to your question, Heather, you were talking about what does success look like? And, and you know, I... As a CAO in a community, maybe we'll gauge, you know, success uh, differently than an elected official or a mayor may gauge that success. But when I look at our board of trade, I see an engaged and a very caring, you know, volunteer board of of local business owners from a diverse. Some are hotel owners, some are restaurant owners, some are bed and breakfast owners. Some, you know, it's it's really quite diverse. And kudos to that board and to Stacy and her team for getting you know, encouraging, um, you know, representation to come on the board, you know, each and every, every year. Um, really, I, I view when, whenever I see the entire holistic plan of the Board of Trade as part of the budget, you know, they, they, it's not just about coming and asking for the dollars, it's what they're going to do with the dollars. And they do a great job of coming and telling council, this is what we're, this is what we've been doing with the money. And this is what we intend on continuing to do with the money. 
So like when I say it's kind of like R&D, it, it is council's investment in our in economic development R&D um, you know, within our community. And realistically, as a CAO, I see a multi-year commitment. Um, it would, therefore, it allows Stacy and that board to have a multi-year focus. They don't have to come and sing for their supper every year and think it's just going to dry up next year. This is this is a uh, you know built into the town of Stetler budget. So you know have a multi-year you know focus, which a lot of chambers can you know will struggle with that because they just don't know how much money they're going to have next year. And you know realistically, you know when I see the engagement at the board meetings, it's business talking to business. The politician, you know, there might be one in the room or two, in the, but they're not there as a politician. They're there as a support member of the volunteer group. And if they're there almost as a security blanket, you know, should should council need to be, you know, back engaged, you know, you know, there is a, a you know, a set of uh, ears, you know, at that meeting. But it's not to the board doesn't come back and and, and badger that politician and say, go back to council and get that's not what's happening. Our, our, our elected official is, is, is actually a contributing partner, you know, on that board. Um, Every, so, everybody wants know. to jump in on this. There's some, you've, yeah. you've that, that was really, um, uh, there was a lot of stuff in there to, to, to pull apart. And that's, um, Heather, you were signaling. I'll let Sorry. you go first. Like, no, it's okay. No, no. I was just giving the thumbs up because I absolutely, I, I feel like that is the right, like when you said they don't have to come and sing for their supper. That I think is so um, so on the money, um, huh, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we, Doug and I have actually been able to be a part of a few chamber meetings. And um, a lot of the time it's spent around, when you say business to business conversations, the business to business conversations are about fundraising. It, it always seems to circle back to fundraising. It's like, how are we doing for... Are we going to break even this year? Um, but it, it's not about great ideas. And I would love to see um, the conversation shift. So it, it stops becoming about the money and it starts becoming about, you know what? COVID is here. It's not going away. What are we doing to enhance um, our businesses for the winter? What sort of events are we going to put on? What sort of um, things are we going to do to really do liven make up? Sure they the all culture? have a website. That they all have yes. a Google profile. That they're all cleaning their windows. That they are trying to joint market. That there's so many things, aren't there? Yeah. Is there like a is there like a a, a winter Main Street party that's going to be happening in in February with like bonfires and something socially distant and safe? Like those are the sorts of conversations that need to be having that I think any sort of economic entity should be having right now, not about how do we make money. It's funny that you talk about that too, um, because in two days we're having a meeting with the town so that we can discuss how to improve our, our Christmas event um, and really bring up the morale of the community too. Because of COVID, we want it to be as normal as possible, but as safe and um, as as big of a celebration as we can, pretty much. Well, if, and I guess, if, you know, if I can just jump in with yeah, that sure. event, it's called Moonlight Madness, and it basically kicks off our Christmas tree lighting. We put a big 40, 50-foot donated spruce tree in one of the manholes right in the middle of our Main Street intersection uh, every Christmas, and we light it with, um, what did we have, 82 
sets of lights, LED lights last year, over a thousand bulbs. And we have the, you know, the countdown and our youth citizen of the year gets to press the button to turn the lights on that will stay on for the entire month. And this year we're looking at things, well, maybe, you know, maybe we need to actually close a couple of blocks of downtown, you know, Banff has its downtown closed. Maybe we, for that event, we don't need the traffic there. Maybe we could be walking all through the downtown and the stores stay open late till 11 o'clock and you're gonna you're gonna find because then you're outside and you have open spaces people are so looking for socialization yeah. opportunities in a safe environment i bet you're i bet you're pretty full down there and then maybe a couple blocks won't be enough because yeah. frankly i mean what our research has shown is that that's what what people are craving now all the time but but this pandemic has just heightened our desire for more social interaction so well, i think once you do it you're going to find out it's going to become a permanent um staple yeah heather exactly and it goes socialization creates business not the other way around and i think that's exactly what you're providing and i'm so excited to see what sort of uh events or initiatives that are going to take place from january to next may because i think this is the time to be creative and uh also i want to come down for your christmas tree light up <laughs> well, that sounds amazing <laughs> You know, that's just one of the events. And Stacey can tell you about the night before, the night before Christmas. You know, that's another downtown, you know, opportunity for specials and sale prices and bring people out to spend their money locally. This is really interesting. Yeah, it's... No, sorry. Go ahead, Stacey. Yeah, so just with the night before, night before, like Christmas is so huge in Stetler. Like it is um, what everybody just loves to celebrate. So like even our museum lights up and they have light the night where you can drive through and see light displays. And then the night before, night before comes where people that may not necessarily be living in Stetler anymore still come home for the holidays. And so it's a time for visiting um, that last minute shopping. Our businesses are saying thank you to their customers and they offer um, like treats and different things in store. Um, and Usually, um, our Alberta Prairie offers rides too, so it's a great way to like test and like taste Stetler um, and still celebrate the season. For those that don't know, the Alberta Prairie is the old train that runs back and forth. I think they still do Wild West shootouts and and historic dinners, and it's it's such a magnificent ride. It's just absolutely remarkable to get the chance to go on that. I haven't been on there in years. I have to go back. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, Stacey, if you can just comment uh, about the um, about the, uh, the the usual Christmas train, um, I'll let you. For sure. So usually Alberta Prairie Railway Excursions hosts um, the Polar Express each year too. So they, through the last week of November um, up till Christmas, they offer short excursions where they bring the Polar Express to life. Um, so you're actually on the train, the kids get the first bell of Christmas, um, there's hot cocoa. Unfortunately, this year they're not able to offer it, but we're looking forward to it coming back. Oh, I'm looking you forward know, to everything is, uh, coming back. You know, our, rest, our restaurants, after the train, it runs two or three times a day. I mean, I think last year when it ran, what was it, 10,000 riders rode the, the, the uh, Polar Express, and they're all wearing, like, onesies, and, you know, just like it was right out of, you know, it's an affiliated with with the Hollywood, um, is it Warner Brothers or whoever it is, they, they have to ensure that they give away the gold tickets with the, uh, you know, it, it's it's all been uh, vetted through um, in order to be able to use the name. And of course, your board of trade is leveraging that to make sure that all your businesses are coordinated and ready to anticipate all those folks and get as many dollars 
continue to be spent locally as possible, right? It, it, it's, yes. it's striking to me that um, traditional normal chambers of commerce, we've heard quite a few of them recently saying, well, our budget has dried up because we can't host any events because of the pandemic. And because they have no budget, now they can't host any events. They're stuck in this loop that they, we have no money to host an event, therefore we can't host an event to raise money and they're stuck. But you guys aren't in that situation with this different uh, model. No, so we still have our, our regular budget. Um, we did see like a drop in our revenues because of some of our fundraising efforts. So we did participate in the emergency wage subsidy program too through the government. Um, so that really helped and we were able to keep our budget without having to request additional funding or anything along those lines. Um, but we are continuing with our marketing efforts, our uh, shop local initiatives, um, and yeah, really encouraging and showcasing what our businesses have in town so that you don't necessarily have to leave Stetler to get it either. Excellent. I have a really tough set of questions to ask. Um, and it, the reason why I'm going to ask them is because I, I wrote 13 Ways to Kill Your Community. I focus on the mindsets that people have that sabotage their own pathway to success. Now, what you guys have done ensures investment in the coordination of business. And, and when you're doing that, when you those sorts of investments generally get, what what is it, Heather, a three to one return on yep, investment? Three to one. Yep. It, it's remarkable. So you're able to continue to do that. But now people get involved. And I'm sure... Uh, do you have people, here's what I see happening, okay? Someone says, I can't believe you're spending that much money on a board of trade. And you explain to them that you'd already be hiring people in the town if they're not working for the board of trade. So what's the difference? And they're only getting back the money that you're collecting from them for business memberships to go do the job that helps grow the economy. There'll still be some folks that will say, ah, you shouldn't be spending that money. I want it on something else. And then they go to their counselors and say, do something different. How on earth do you not have politics get in the way? I mean, for 11 years or, or more, this has not got derailed by people saying, no, let's spend the money elsewhere. No, the public doesn't understand it. No. How do you prevent that? How have you prevented that? Or has it just not been an issue? You know, I think um, I'll take the first stab at this. I think leadership from a standpoint of having uh, you know, a council and, and elected officials who, who come on board that already see the success of the Board of Trade. Obviously, anything can come derailed if you get you know, uh, a new council that comes on and, and they want to dismantle something. I mean, that, you, you can't control you know, that, set of, that set of politics. But in most cases, you know, um, I look at the Board of Trade as one of the jewels in our community. And why would anyone you want to dismantle it. I mean, we talked about the, you know, the 4% of all property taxes, but another way of looking at it, if you just strip down to just the property taxes, we collect from non-residential purposes. So you, you whip out the, you, you take away all the residential money and you say, what percentage of those does, does funds the board of trade? And really now it's only 10%. So it's 10% of just the business property taxes and you know I, I think business you know they see the value in in having the vibrancy in our community um you know we can go the way of the larger communities or we can go the way of the smaller communities 
which way do you want to go? And I think we've been, uh, you know, we've had the blessed over the years with councils who want to, who want to remain vibrant. Hmm. Heather, do you have any more questions? Uh, no, I, I think we, we hit on ours. I just wanted to, um, yeah, I guess my, my closing thoughts would be, uh, like, this is such an important example of partnership. Um, and I, I just see uh, so much momentum that can be built from this sort of model. And I think that is why I wanted to have this conversation in the first place. Um, and I think if anybody is curious, I would say they can definitely follow you, reach out to you, Stacey, if, if that's okay to say. Um, and you guys have a great website as well that is also, um, think very clear about what your organization actually does and just the sophistication around you guys um, and how you guys are set up. So uh, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen over the next year. I think we all are. And uh, it's nice to see that this transition and this partnership um, has worked out, I'll, I'll say so well. And I'm sure there are, there are definitely uh, um, probably things that aren't going so well. And we, that might be a podcast for another day, but Overall, I think that this is such an interesting model and it might be right for other communities and we're not here to say yes or no, um, but just again, something else for people to consider. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, so if I have some closing thoughts, um, sorry, Stacy, great. Do you guys have anything else you want to add that we might've missed from this conversation? You know, I, I, I think one thing that, that I just like to add sometimes as um, as a chamber of commerce, you know, a business owner who, whether they're playing in the chamber or not playing in the chamber, they find it very easy to make a complaint to an elected official. But when they have to actually make their complaint to not an elected official, but another business owner who sits on a board, um, that business owner actually expects, you know, a reasonable solution, not just a complaint, you know, kind of thing. And it's a little... They think twice about about complaining as opposed to being constructive and actually being part of a better solution and making it better. Oh, that's a great insight. Yeah. Stacy, any final thoughts? Um, not necessarily. I think that you guys probably covered a lot. I was popping in and out because of internet issues, but um yeah, I think our uh, volunteers on our board are also a huge benefit to us as well. They're our biggest advocates and we need them in the community. So instead of having just three people, now you have 15 to 20 people that are able to get out, talk to business owners, bring in the, um, the challenges that everybody's facing or um, opportunities that they see too. And we can work with that as well. So um, we really enjoy having- You really have a model that, that able helps ensure that-, that the business community is working with the volunteer community and general citizens and the town in a coherent, um, coordinated fashion. I have one other thing too with, um, with the economic development too, and being that we're community economic development, a lot of times people hear the words economic development and they instantly think investment and attraction. Well, we're looking at the whole community, not just businesses, but also um, the social aspects too of what can help the business community and our. And I think that's a great point really Stacy brings up. 
by community, we don't differentiate between the town of Stettler and the county of Stettler. We're from this standpoint, we're kind of one community. We have many of our biggest promotions, uh, Pheasant Festival, where hunters fly in from all over. That's all happening out in the county. And we get sponsorship money from the county of Stettler to assist with, you know, with with that big event that brings money. They're staying in our hotels or eating in our restaurants, you know, those types of things. It's just basically uh, utilize the entire community, you know, to help, um, you know, with your, with your planning for economic and, and tourism development. That is, uh, that is a great note to, to wrap things up on because my, my parents' generation used to move to where the jobs were, but now jobs are moving to where people want to live. So if you don't have that full community, then your economic development efforts and initiatives are going to fail. So that's brilliant. I think you guys have a, an amazing model. I mean, you, you've somehow um, managed to bring in citizens and business owners in the town and, and the community at large into a coherent strategy for make, to make the community better and to grow the economy. Um, but you've also managed to make sure that you've done it in a way where um, the economic development and the community building isn't being done by committee or democracy, because that doesn't always work. I mean, I always point out the Cleveland Browns got the name Browns um, by asking citizens to vote and they picked the least offensive name. I mean, Browns, I know, is the name of one of the founders, but for a, an inspiring team name, Brown is just it's not even the most inspiring color you could pick. And that's how you get Bodie McBoatface. And so sometimes, you know, it takes leadership rather than democracy. And I think you've, by allowing the Board of Trade to have some autonomy, but still being inclusive in how you've set up the structure and design, um, give some security through turbulent times like we have uh, without, um, you know, deteriorating to the least common denominator um, and, and growing your community. And that is exceptional. You know, I just want to bring up one other point um, for, you know, those out there who are thinking, well, how does this kind of align with town council? And from a strategic planning standpoint, Stacy is a is a key member of our strategic planning team. So basically, when we're when we're dealing with our, our long term visions and stuff, um, you know, the Board of Trade isn't isn't out there on its own. It's all of a sudden brought back in as, as one of the contributing uh, departments. Um, you know, for either helping or needing help, one or the other. Excellent. Well, today our guests, just as a reminder, have been Greg and Stacy from uh, the town of Stetler and the Board of Trade in Stetler, Alberta, Canada. If you have any questions, I know you can look them up and they'd be happy to answer and tell you the good news about what's going on in Stetler. It's a, it's a wonderful story that you guys have shared. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having you us. Bet. Absolutely. Thanks. And uh, as usual, um, stay safe out there amidst the pandemic and uh, keep fighting for your community because, uh, frankly, our communities are worth fighting for. Thanks for joining in on the Community Revival Podcast. To keep up to date on all our podcasts, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow us for more great content at 13 Ways. That's 13WAYS.ca. Remember, no matter what the challenge, what the issue, or where you are starting from, when it comes to making your community more successful, there's always a way.